Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sean Casey. Sean is the CEO and founder of Twin Cuts Barbershops down here in Southwest Florida. Sean, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to see you. I know we've known each other for a while, and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast here today to really learn your story. And if you don't mind, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Sean Casey. I'm originally from New York. I moved to Southwest Florida in 2006. I started as a barber moving into this area. I got my barber license back in 1999. Uh, when I moved here in 2006, I created a five-year plan for myself to open up my first barbershop. 2010, I opened up my first Twin Cuts location. And presently, I have seven locations. Unbelievable. So let, let's go back a little bit, if you don't mind, because I really, this is an entrepreneurial, obviously, <clears throat> podcast that I want to learn a little bit more of your story. So let's go back to kind of the early days. I mean, even back to high school. I mean, okay. what were you thinking back then? What, what did you want to do with your life? What, did you always want to cut hair? I mean, what, what was your interest? I was a little bit, I, I, I was a little bit misguided kid during high school. Wasn't, uh, didn't concentrate on school too much. I was actually a father in high school. So that's what motivated me and kicked my butt to do something when I graduated because college wasn't really the path for me, sure. especially with my grades and just was no interest in school. So I wanted to find something that was more creative and how can I make money? Um, and falling into hair was just one of those things that I used to like going to the barbershop. I'd watch the barber, you know, I'd watch the barbers make jokes. I'd just, like the spending a Saturday just for me was it was entertaining for me um, and I love art so I was looking at the barbers actually work and I would just watch them and find it very interesting so I remember my father reached out to me he's like uh, so you have a son now so what are you doing with your life and I was like um, maybe I'll go to barber school so that's how it felt that's how it happened for me and I started barber school and they just kind of found my passion was that right out of high school? Right so out of high school. So was there a span of time that in between or you went right into it? No, I was literally uh, maybe about five months after I graduated high school, I jumped into barber school. Okay. Now you mentioned being artistic. I mean, was there was there, was that an interest of yours? I mean, was there something back in the day? Did you like doing artistic things or? Yeah, I always was. I used to like to draw a lot. Okay. I used to daydream a lot. I used to, that's why I probably failed at school. I used to daydream <laughs> during tests and doodle on papers and stuff like that. But I was always a creative kid all around. Okay. So you went to barbershop. You said, yeah, barber school. You said, this, this is something I think I want to do. Yeah. So where, where'd you start? We're still in New York at the time. Yeah, I was still in New York. Okay. I graduated in 1999. Um, I started in a barbershop on 106th Street, Columbus Avenue. Um, I worked this summer there. Uh, as you know, New York's are in uh, New York is all these little blocks, right? So sure. I was a, f a new kid fresh out of school and really messing up people's hair. So <laughs> I had to move from that location after the summertime and move downtown to a place called Astor Place, which is a legendary barbershop in lower Manhattan. Village area. Yeah, yeah. the village yeah, area. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, st I went there and, you know, I took all the mistakes I made from the first experience working in a barbershop because I was one of those kids where I was pretty solid at cutting hair in school. So a lot of the kids would say, oh, wow, you're good for school. And then I went into the real world and dealt with real clients and I found it, you know, not as easy, um, but I never discouraged me. So the mistakes that I made with the two older barbers that I worked at the original barbershop, I would watch them and picked up few techniques. So when I moved from that area and went to Astor Place, I just took some of those tools that I learned from, um, in the past and started working towards my new clients. So we had a barber in the area. His name was Marshall. He was like the first celebrity barber that I knew. He had 20 people for waiting on him at all times throughout the day. 
And I remember him looking over at me, doing a few haircuts, and he would start pointing to his clients and sending them to me. So it was a big confidence boost for me. Sure. Um, and it was a lot of growth. And just from there, I just started developing my skills and getting better and better. That's amazing. So how long did you work at that location? I worked in that location for a few years, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you built your clientele there. Mm -hmm. And then what happened after that? I started cutting a guy in the music industry, um, a buddy of mine. He he was a, uh, a founder of a open mic and MTV re uh, reality show called Lyricist Lounge. And I okay. became an intern for him. And I kind of at that moment wanted to be like the next you know, big time producer and I was holding cameras and I was passing out flyers and I was actually cutting a lot of music artists and the music shows. And just, I think what really helped me by doing that was getting out of my shell. So I was such a quiet, reserved person during, during high school and starting cutting hair. So when I was out there passing flyers to everybody and talking to people and just networking, uh, when I decided that, Hey, this music thing's not going to work for me and went back to cutting hair and that's when I made that trip and moved to, to Florida. It all came together. Yeah, I was going to say, so what, was, what, what, what prompted you to come down here? Because that's a big change. You have clients <clears throat> up in New York. You're from New York. Yeah. What brought you down here? Uh, it was my son was living here. Okay. Yeah. So my son was living here. Um, my grandparents were living here. And I was coming back and forth every couple of months, spending long weekends, every holiday, birthday. And it was just one of those things where, you know, all the all the ambulance sounds and all the beeping and all the fast pace it was just starting to get to me um and i just took like a couple of weeks and came down to florida and it was my son was about six years old now so the relationship with my son was a little bit different when i was coming down when i would leave you could see that he was starting to miss me a lot more so i'd come to, i came down for two weeks and i really just went back packed my stuff and said you know what let me give it a chance and work here so i jumped into a local barbershop in the area and Everything started moving forward. So what year was that? This was 2000, the summer of 2005. So 2005, you're working in a barbershop down here. Yeah. How long were you working? How, I'm trying to figure out how long were you working there before you decided to go out on your own? At the barbershop here in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, it was from till 2010. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So to, so what happened? So what kind of prompted you to oh. say, okay, I cut hair and listen, a lot of people make great livings cutting hair. I mean, you could take it so many different ways, right, but, right. but this is an entrepreneurial show. There is a difference between, and it's a mindset difference, right? Right. Between wanting to do one thing and wanting to expand it much further. So you went Absolutely. from cutting hair down here to saying, I want to start my own place. Huge risk. Right. For, for sure. Well, it was definitely nervous because, uh, you know, over there, I probably if I would have stayed there, I would have been a freelance barber. The way I was moving, I probably could have been the New York Knicks barber yeah. you know, or cutting the Yankees, you know, so it's not so bad. Right. I would love that, yeah. you know, but the relationship with my son was just really important to me as well. And there was this empty space in my life. So I made that change and I moved here and I had a discussion with my dad. I was like, what are we going to do or what am I going to do? You know, the money's going to be a little bit different. And he says, well, you know, best bet is probably go there and start a, start your own business. So I moved here and with the intent that, hey, in five years, I should start building up some uh, building up a clientele, start saving money and open up my own business. Um, so the way I got started with that was when I first came down, that network, New York network hustle was in me and guys were coming, sitting with me. And a lot of guys that were sitting with me happened to be from New York as well. So I had a, a DJ in the area who just moved here from Miami, was originally from New York and was looking for, um, you know, work. And I had a background of working with a record company doing open mics. So I was like, I met 
you know, people who are comedians, poets, musicians. And I started doing an open mic on a Monday and working through my clients. I would do open mic Monday. So I'd cut somebody's hair one day and say, hey, why don't you come check out this event on a Monday and charge them to come to my event? So I was doubling up my money to save my money. And that uh, open mic really blew up. And it also opened up a lot more doors in downtown Fort Myers, where I started doing um, nightclub promotions in downtown, probably around 2008, 2009, 2010, and was having really great, successful nights while cutting hair. So I was saving all my money. And while I saved my money, allowed me to get to a position where I was able to just, with no help at all, open up my first business. That is absolutely terrific. So, um, so you found a location. Where was your first location? It was on Six Mile Cypress off of Colonial. Okay, so you found a location. You have you have space, and right. then you probably have nobody working for you. Nobody right? working for me. So the shop I was working at, everyone's like, "Yeah, you know this place sucks." The owner, you know, the owner wasn't there anymore. Uh, unfortunately, the guy who originally owned the shop he passed away, and he's just he was a he was a real hustler too. He was ahead of his time, but he passed away, and he had a family member come in, and he didn't really have the passion behind the brand. So I was like, you know, maybe it's time for me to do my own thing. And sure. I always wanted to, but it was really pushing towards me to, to get my own shop. So all the guys were like, yeah, we'll go with you. And then I opened up my shop and nobody followed me. So, Oh, really? So, okay. So they said they'd come with you. You open up and yeah. you're the only one there. And I was the only one there. So what did you do? You know, I opened the doors and I closed the doors every day, you know, and little by little people started to sprinkle in. I remember the first couple of guys came in and they stayed with me, um, and then we had a couple, few other guys. They would filter in and out. But within about six months, I had a full operating shop of six barbers. By maybe a year and a half, I started adding more chairs to the barber shop. So I had nine nine chairs, and I had a back room. And then I made the back room my own personal studio, and I had a whole full working barber shop. Wow! And the whole time you were st- you were still cutting hair, still correct? Because I know you still do today. Yes. So you're hiring people. Were you doing all the interviewing? Were you hiring everybody yourself? So you were doing a lot of things. At I once. was doing everything hands on. What kind of hours were you working? I mean, I was have... from nine to seven. Yeah, yeah. I would day. imagine that's and, yeah, and weekends, right? I mean, yeah, you have yep. weekends as well. Took Sunday off. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but when you started that first barber shop, did you at, at any point think <clears> my goal is to open up seven of them? I mean, not was... at all. Okay. okay. Not at all. I just wanted the biggest the baddest, the best barbershop that you can imagine. So yeah. I looked at all the barbershops in the area and I wanted to be the most creative, the most uh, uh, the aesthetically have the best. I wanted to create an atmosphere. It was super important for me to have diversity in my barbershop. I wanted it open for everybody. I didn't want you to walk in and say, oh, okay, this barbershop's not for me. So it was important for having a, many different cultures, um, diversity within my shop and able to accept everybody in. So I was like trying to be a hybrid of like your local neighborhood barbershop and a franchise and fitting in between the two. Interesting. So did you come up with the name Twin Cuts? I did. What made you come up with that? I mean, oh, yeah, you know, people just great called me Twin yeah? and I okay. cut hair. <laughs> and then my promotion for nightclubs were Twin Cuts ENT Enterprise. Okay. Right. So I used the name recognition because I was figuring every week like 500 people were coming into the nightclub. Um, and I had banners all over the place. So well, I figured if I put that name on the barbershop, people are driving by and they would recognize the name and they would stop in. So sure. I've learned that from like McDonald's, you know, brand recognition. They it's, say it's huge. You, you see the golden arches, every single child, they don't have to show a commercial. You see the golden arches, every kid's going to say, hey, I want a Happy Meal. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're interesting. So, so the, the Twin Cuts logo, 
is yes. also very memorable. I mean, it's something you see and you know what it is. Did you design that yeah, yourself? Yeah, designed that myself. So that's your artistic part, right? Mm -hmm. From high school that you mentioned. So right. you actually, I mean, it's it's beautiful. So you, yeah, I mean, you did you. an awesome job with that. All right, so here you are. You have this shop. Okay, how many years before you decided to open up another barbershop? Three years. Okay. I know a couple of people asked me, right? Um, but it was never a thought. And the reason why I did open up the barbershop was I was cutting a lot of kids from FGCU. We were the closest barbershop at that time to FGCU. So a lot of the athletic players were coming in. So it started with the soccer team, then the baseball team. Then um, the uh, basketball team was coming in. So I was heavy. I took that New York guerrilla marketing technique that I did in a music label back in New York. And that's how I ran my barbershop. I was running it like it was a music label. So it was every charity, every event, wherever I can stamp my logo, I was doing it. So from MySpace into the end of MySpace, right into Facebook, that 2010, I was hitting social media hard before a lot of people were networking on it. So they heard about my barbershop. And um, when... In 2000, what, what year is it? 2013, when Dunk City came. So the basketball sure. team went to the Sweet 16 on an upset and the ESPN cameras and everything was rolling. Well, all those guys were coming to shop. I was their barber. So it just kind of like really juiced up the barbershop. And I said to myself, man, maybe I should start looking into the somewhere close to the school and before somebody else does it, now that everybody wants to get closer to the school, since I cut everybody, it would be smart to lose my own, uh, become my own competition. Sure. See, sure. the shop had established itself throughout the community. So me losing the students wouldn't hurt me too bad. So I opened up my second location in the Gulf Coast Town Center. Yeah. And that just kind of became like the unofficial official shop of FGCU. So, so here you are, you're doing well, you, you own a barbershop, you decide in a very smart fashion to open up the second one right by FGCU. Yeah. How long before the third one came? The third one came is funny. So probably less time, right? Uh, Between the first and the second. 30, no, actually, no, about right about the same, maybe okay. three years. Okay. I wasn't really planning on the third. I was actually getting burnt out by having two barbershops, right? So um, my son's getting older and I was thinking to myself, maybe I should just sell the barbershops and move to Atlanta and become a freelance barber like I was doing in New York and try to get into more celebrity hairstyling and stuff. I was getting more involved with um, going to hair shows and getting more into the hair industry. So that was kind of inspiring for me to do. So one of my, this is where me and my business partner came together. So he used to own one of the nightclubs downtown his name's Danny Womack, and he came to me and he's like, you know, you got a great thing going on here. And he's like, you know, we can really build. What what do you not like about, you know, being a business owner? And I was like, well, I like the art about it. I like being a barber. I like working with the guys. Sometimes the paperwork and the construction and, and the phone calls and all the other looking at the numbers and just uh, the paperwork was a little bit not – ideal for me is to take away from my creativity and my artistry. Sure. So he's like, I handle those things. And since we had a very good trusting relationship, he's like, well, what if, what, you know, what if we start working together and, you know, start building from the second one and start building up more barbershops. So we opened together our third barbershop. So from that point on, me and him continuously keep growing and building up barbershops. Smart. Another great trait of an entrepreneur, figuring out what you're good at and what you don't want to do, right? right. And that was one of the things I was going to ask you, kind of what are the parts of the business that you enjoy? And you like the creativity part. 
Um, yes. But you don't like the paperwork. Right. I, I get it because right. I'm the same way. Right. So I completely understand. So that allowed you to focus on what it is that you like and what you're good at, which are usually the same, same things. So, okay. So you kept expanding. So now you're at seven now, correct? Yes. What's, what's the future like? What do, what do you, what Keep do you want growing? To- you know, there's so many options at this point and I'm, I'm taking in, um, you know, I'm looking at everything. I haven't really said to myself, this is what exactly what I want to do. I, sure. I like the system that I'm doing right now where I'm having operational operating partners buy into the business at a percentage and having them run the shop, which makes it a little bit easier for me because it's now giving guys within my own company some skin in the game and some opportunity to be more than a barber and be a business owner. So I want to continue doing that at the same time, moving next year, really pushing it out and getting more um, um, offering more franchise packages for what we're doing as well and started taking this a little bit more outside of Florida. So that's a goal for myself. And you know, and see where it's at. So is the next step franchising or do you think you'll still grow yourself as well locally down here? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so you don't have a vision necessarily of what it's going to look like at the end, but, but it could very well be a national thing as well. That's what, yeah, yeah. that would be a goal. Yes. Wow. Well, I think you told me once you were looking even in Georgia, right? Yeah. 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 Still, okay. Yep. So how many employees do you have now? We have a, roughly, roughly, we have 10 shares at each shop. We're probably about 80% filled collectively in all the shops, maybe 80 to 85% filled of, of each shop. So wow. I want to say well, maybe around 60. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, do you still interview everyone who, who gets hired or you don't, Sometimes. You, you don't do that as much as you used Not to? Not as much. That's where my business partner comes in and Smart. takes that on for me as well. But like, you know, I am the face of the company and I still make those connections. Um, I do a lot of education. I teach at a local barber school, Paul Mitchell here, as well as doing trainings with, with other students, uh, doing some mentorship programs with students as well. So my relationship with building students, you know, when I have those relationships, then it's just me and them. And then I, I give them, the, I, I'm, it's almost like a interview as is. And then I know where to place them. Smart. Right. Smart. But the, the, people that just maybe call in and stuff, generally my business partner is on top of that. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not the type to just kind of sit down and, and relax, right, on the weekends. I know you're kind of, you're always going a little bit. And I know you do a lot of work outside. So you're giving back, right, by teaching, yes. which I know you enjoy doing. Yes. But smart. You're also, like you said, you, it's a way to find new talent, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, very interesting. Um, what do you love most about what you do? Oh, oh man, I, I just love it. I said, the reason why I still cut hair, I cut hair maybe four days a week. It's, uh, it's like meditation for me. I still like the art of it. There's never a time where I just cut hair and I'm like, oh, this is, I'm over it. I really enjoy it. So we all have our ups and downs in life, right? So even on days when things are going wrong a little bit, when I'm cutting somebody's hair, I don't think about it. It's almost like Bob Ross on a painting, right? (laughs) Just make it a happy little little fade, right? Happy little, yes. Interesting, interesting. So um, so let's talk COVID a little bit. I mean, for... Any business owner, COVID was a big deal, right? So no one saw it coming. All of a sudden, one day, you just find out you have to close your barber shops, yeah, right? right. How long did you have to close for? It was scary. I mean, uh, it started dwindling down in March. I think officially we had to shut down in April 1st, possibly. Okay. Most of my guys were starting to not show up. And clients were, it was dead. So sure. maybe like mid-March, right? When it was in the thing. It was like almost like when the basketball player shut down the whole league and the NBA and all the sports. Oh shut yeah. Down. Rudy Gobert. Yes. Yeah, I remember that's when my, my barbershop shut down. That's, you know, we were open, we were holding on and some guys were like, 
can I just work? And we had to work out some deals with them, whatever, whatever to sure. make it work. But then we were officially shut down and we were shut down until about mid-May. Okay. That had to be the biggest challenge you faced oh, as man. an entrepreneur. That was I, nervous. Sure. Well, no one knew it how long you would stay that way. It was an unknown. You didn't know what was going to happen. You have you have employees to worry about. You have, you have yeah. bills, right? That, right? that don't go away necessarily. And uh, so, okay. So then you found yourself reopening again. And now, now are things, are they back to where they were? pre-pandemic? Yeah, believe it or not, it was it, it was like a gift and a curse because I got so complacent and content with what I was doing. So I looked at like each shop as an NBA championship, right? It was like its own trophy. But how do you make a dynasty? Sometimes you have to break up the team and then reevaluate it and continue to win so you have legacy and win more championships. You can't do the same thing and always expect to win. So yeah. there was a lot of things that I was able to look at it from the outside. Um, I remodeled a lot of my shops. I, uh, I, cr I brought in a new POS system. I started collecting all data from my business. I changed my, uh, most of my businesses into from being a booth rental business into a commission-based business. So now I'm seeing all my numbers. I'm seeing my profits and loss. I'm seeing all the clients that are coming into my business. Stuff that I was afraid of doing when I first started my shop of just doing booth rent. It was like a landlord. Sure. And that's what most barbers are known to do. So there's no, you're capping yourself and you don't necessarily see the numbers. You don't see how you, how, how you grow. So stepping back and say, Hey, you know what? I got nothing to lose at this point. And looking at those things and making those changes in my business. Actually, when we got back from COVID, maybe the first several, eight months of it, it worked out to be a, a blessing for my business. Unbelievable. The changes is the key of what you're saying right now, because you, <laughs> Again, COVID was was difficult to everybody. And uh, I hear successful business owners say the same thing. They made changes, right? Things that maybe you, like you said, you were thinking about doing before COVID. And now it gave you a reason to do that. So you made a pivot, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, really interesting. Again, let's go back a little bit to what brought you here. I mean, do you think growing up, looking back now, and I'm sure, like me, you probably look back sometimes and kind of evaluate your journey and how you end up getting where you, do you think there was anything that prepared you for this? Because like you said, listen, school wasn't for you yeah. and that's fine, right? I mean, school isn't for everybody and there are a lot of people making a whole lot of money who didn't go to a whole lot of you know, right. a school. Um, so do you think, I mean, was there something in you when you look back that you say, you know, I was pretty good. I mean, you were creative. We knew that. But was there something from a business point of view that you said, I think I was pretty good at that or not necessarily? Is it something you think you learned along the way? I think I, I learned along the way. I had a lot of drive. I was passionate. I'm great at anything when I'm passionate about it. So I teach like I was a terrible student. I would um, get terrified to speak in front of a class room and talk about a social studies project. Right. But I travel around the world now teaching hair on stages in front of thousands of people at times. And it's like the Michael Jackson effect. When I'm on stage, I don't it's all dark around me wow. and I'm just in my zone. So when I'm speaking about something I'm passionate about, it's very easy for me. So it's the same way with business. When I started my first business, I didn't know necessarily um, the business skills that I had, but I always knew I had drive. I always knew when I wanted something, I'd go after it. If I, if how can I become the best at it? If I'm doing it, if I love it and uh, just, just jumping in and rolling the dice, not waiting and listening uh, you know, sometimes you talk about ideas and dreams. Hey, one day I want to open up a barbershop. And then a few years go by and you're still saying the same thing. Well, as soon as I had money, I jumped in and got my barbershop. I didn't know where it was going to take me. It's 2010. Recession was in an awful spot. Oh, sure. It's not going to work. It's going to fail. It's, everybody told me it was going to fail. And, but yet I knew for myself, I'm like, well, I know what I can do and I'm not going to make it fail. 
I love that. So, I love that. So I'll drive. You're right. I'll so drive. I'll drive. Did you play sports in high school or? Yeah, I played basketball. I loved playing basketball, obviously. Uh, you know, wasn't the quickest. And I was going to ask you, were you a good player? I was not a good player. I played in high school, but I was not a great player. I was player. better on the uh, playing with my friends in the driveway than I was in actual schools. You like me. So I was the same way. So when I would, when we go out to the schoolyard, I was actually not a bad player. And yeah. when I'd actually go into real games, I wasn't, but it's funny because when I look back on my, you know, my, my journey, I say to myself, you know what? I worked really hard though. I wasn't that great. I didn't have a lot of talent, but I worked really hard. Right. Um, so that's why I mentioned that before about kind of what, what, what you've seen in the past as far as, you know, a younger version yeah. of Sean. And it's interesting. So you played basketball. I'm um, still watch it today. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite sport? Yeah. So who's your team? Are you a Knicks fan? Or? I'm a Knicks fan. Okay. Yeah, but okay. I was starting to boycott them and started watching some some with the Heat. I was like, I always say I should have followed Pat Riley when he left us oh, years ago. I would you, have been in a better place. But you don't bet against Pat Riley. You don't bet against Tom Brady. I mean, the, right, there's certain people you right. don't bet well, against. I'm a Jet fan too. So Tom Brady's, I'm, I'm living right. I, I love it that he went to Tampa Bay. So <laughs> well, like, sure. I'm so petty at the moment. I'm like, yeah, he left New England. That's you were the there last week. I was there as well, by the way. So yeah. we were both there at the same time. So I enjoy yeah. that. But yeah, it's rough being in. New York fan. I, loyalty and determination. I get it. I mean, I'm a Nick fan. I mean, of course you have the Nets a little bit now that they're right. out of New Jersey. At least they're tech. I, I know. Just can't do it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. But any, uh, so let me ask you. So you are pretty active on social media. I know yes. you have a lot of presence there. Where can our viewers and listeners find you? You can go to my Instagram at twincuts underscore CEO. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And I know you're on all platforms. I mean, you're on Facebook. Where else are you on? I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. Same um, address. Uh, Twitter, Twin Cuts. So I'm on every outlet. If you just type in Twin Cuts, you'll find me. Okay. Last question for you today. What is the biggest lesson you learned being an entrepreneur? Because it's not easy. And I think a lot of people, like you said, people dream about what they want to do. They don't act on it. But I think when they look at entrepreneurs, they say, I could do that. I mean, but, but, but they don't realize what goes into being a business owner and the sleepless nights and things like right. that. It was the toughest part of being an entrepreneur. I'll say just be better, not bitter about the situation. Things are going to happen. Don't be upset over things you have no control over. Look for the solutions. Example, when I first started, a barber would quit or my AC would break. It would, you know, destroy me. I would get so nervous, but I always was able to push through and make it work out. So through those lessons, I realized there's always going to be something that's going to happen within your business just to relax and look at what the solution is and be prepared to take care of those things. Love it. Love it. Sean, thanks for doing this with me today. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Sure. Happy everybody. I mean, everybody locally knows you and, and Twin Cuts, but this was a way for them to really get to know you personally. And I appreciate you doing this and I wish you continued success. I appreciate it. And also, if you want to book an appointment with me or a class or yeah. check out my online virtual academy, it's at www.theshawncasey.com. Well, let me ask you then, the Virtual Academy. What's the Virtual Academy all about? My Virtual Academy is continuing education for those that are looking to learn how to cut hair. I also have a business masterclass in that as well on how to start a barbershop, how to hire for a higher barbershop, and tips on how to grow your barbershop and scale it as well. And there's also a package where you could be coached by me. Excellent. All right. Well, listen, appreciate you saying that. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.